Hey guys, it's Tim. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast this week. Just a quick programming note. Uh, this episode was recorded prior to the news coming out of the Supreme Court earlier this week uh, that had severe implications on uh, abortion here in the United States. Obviously, it's an issue that's going to be very important to us and that we're going to discuss on the podcast, but you won't hear it this week. So tons more to come on that. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in and stay safe out there. This episode of the Better Off Dad podcast is brought to you by Blimp City Bike and Hike. Blimp City is a full-service, family-owned bicycle shop in Akron, Ohio, located right on the Towpath Trail near the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Founded in 2009, Blimp City offers a wide range of quality bicycles from reputable brands like Kona, Felt, and Bianchi, as well as specialty bicycles like Elliptigo stand-up bikes, electric bikes and scooters, folding bikes, and recumbent bicycles. The shop also carries cycling accessories and rental bikes. Blimp City prides itself on providing exceptional customer service. The shop's comprehensive repair services include fine-tuning your bike to meet your comfort and recreation needs. Visit BlimpCityBikeAndHike.com. That's BlimpCityBikeAndHike.com to learn more and mention this ad in store to receive 20% off any accessory purchase. Not bad. Make Blimp City your headquarters for outdoor adventure. You're now listening to the Better Off Dad podcast with Tim DeWald and Matt Bixenstein. It's later, I know. I gotta wake up. I'm tired. 8.30, Jesus. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome, loyal listeners of the Bod Pod. This is Tim. And I'm Matt. And yes, welcome to a very special episode of your favorite podcast because we are celebrating... Mother's Day. Yes, that's right. In case you your heart just did sink a little bit, it's okay. You didn't miss it. It's it's coming right <laughs> up. Okay, uh, we're recording this. Uh, it's it's still April when we're recording this, but we're gonna post it. I'm assuming pretty close to to the date. But so you run out of time. Last warning here. Get that mom in your life something nice. Yeah. Howdy, pod friends and foes. Happy episode seventeen. Uh, Tim, your warning reminds me of that scary robotic voice you hear on an emergency alert test on public radio. This was only a test in the event of a real emergency, such as forgetting Mother's Day. Please proceed to the nearest exit immediately. Please proceed to the nearest couch for sleep. Yeah, <laughs> You've got the voice better. Mine was a little too robotic. No, it was but, good. I liked it. Um, but yeah, it's the final Thursday of April, and our pod is nearing adulthood, though you probably wouldn't know that by our maturity level. Jeez, what are we going to sound like when we're of drinking age on the pod? Oh, man, I can't even think. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we are on that note. We are sipping on the Jackio's um, Mystic Mama. It's a West Coast style IPA from lovely Athens, Ohio. Yeah, this is in honor of. Well, we're going to tease it in a little bit, but we have a lot of Bobcats in the house tonight for the for the show. So we thought we'd get an Athens beer, and the Mama thing was just coincidental. I did not put that together. Yeah, well done, sir. I'm, Thank I'm you. Impressed. Yeah, the best <laughs> puns are the ones you just fall into. That's right. Um, yeah, we're huddled here in Tim's basement uh, to do a shorter than normal intro. And we'll leave out some of the usual puns um, as our respective wives. Maybe are... some of the swearing. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, our, our wives are gathered upstairs in the staging room, also known as Tim's dining room. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, for those of you who, um, who think we made up our wives and that our, <laughs> and our kids as well, for that matter. Probably most of our listeners. <laughs> most likely. Yeah. Uh, Joan and Elise are here in the flesh and have agreed to come on our podcast for this special edition Mother's Day episode. Tim, what the hell were they thinking when they agreed to this? Yeah, look, I wouldn't start there uh this whole podcast is premised on the idea that they agreed willingly to a marry us b have children with us and c place them in our direct care so clearly if you're going to question the logic of these women we're going to need to go back a little bit i'm not saying you should i'm not saying you should i wouldn't uh and look if you're thinking hey if you guys are all drinking and having this podcast situation right now, who is watching your children? And I would say to that, stay out of my business. Okay. <laughs> I don't tell you how to live your life. Okay. Well, sometimes maybe actually that's exactly what we're doing on this pod is we're telling Pretty you how much. to live your life. Yeah. But anyway, butt out. You know, Matt, uh, I was thinking something about um, when we were prepping for this. Uh, are we going to do a Father's Day episode? Because, I mean, it always kind of feels like Father's Day. Every time we're doing this podcast, we're sitting around, we're drinking, we're bullshitting, we're just, you know, having a good time. Maybe, and maybe actually we should have merch that says every day is Father's Day. Bod pod. I like where your head's at, too. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. You know, for the record, our next door neighbor, Megan, 
is graciously uh, overseeing our sleeping children while we record this. Uh, thank you, MT. Thanks, Megan, for the night out. Yeah, and uh, I'm 100% on board with proclaim- proclaiming Daily Father's Day as part of our podcast marketing plan, Tim. Now, as for the episode at hand, there are many questions I want to ask Tim Jill, why, Jill, why do you to- continue to tolerate this podcast? <laughs> Elise, have you ever actually listened to this podcast? I hope not. Jill, did I upset you when I basically admitted to drinking like a fish on Thursday nights during college? Definitely. Elise, did I upset you when I shared your bathtub habits with our audience? I hope so. <laughs> Jill and Elise. <laughs> I would expect it. <laughs> how does it feel to know that anything you say or do at home may become public record through this widely consumed yet non-revenue generating pet project of ours? I think we actually ask that question in the in the forthcoming interview, Might don't as we? Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Jill and Elise, why do you saintly women like like you put up with guys like us? Why did you even marry us? Yeah, that one I don't want to know the answer to. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make them second guess. Wasn't for the money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, these are all rhetorical for now. Our interview subjects are not yet in the room, but rather upstairs, nervously chit chatting. I think. I think better than 50-50 chance they split and went to a bar, but I guess we're <laughs> going to find out uh, in a couple of minutes. And remember, if you have questions, comments, or you just want to coordinate legal theories with us about an attempted coup against the United States government, <laughs> hit us up on social, betteroffdadpod, or you can email us at betteroffdadpod at gmail.com. Matt, I feel like you've been all over recently. You just dropped the news that you were at the zoo this afternoon, which was a pretty nice day for that. It was wonderful. You were visiting family the other day. I creepily rode by your house with Mara in the bike trailer (laughs) behind me and took a picture of it and then threatened to go into your house and steal your beer while you were (laughs) cherry blossom across town. I just would have drank it tonight anyways. (laughs) You've been having a whirlwind, my friend. What's going on? Yeah, I can't dispute the fact that with toddlers, um, it does indeed feel like uh, it's forever a whirlwind. I'm sure you can relate as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if the ladies did fly the coop, then we can easily transition this to a Father's Day episode, since as you previously alluded to, every day is Father's Day. I'm ready for it. Um, a few kid-related updates before we get to today tonight's main event. Uh, I had a rather humiliating parenting experience the other day. Um, I could say that, you know, if I had a nickel every time I said that. <laughs> yeah, line, but, uh, should be the name of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but this one was because I took the kids to a nature center down in the beautiful Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Treasure. Uh, brought them home to play in our backyard. And within five minutes of Elise getting home herself, she discovers two ticks attached to Charlie's scalp underneath his ever-growing locks of hair. Mm. Uh, the fatherly guilt here is real of me not noticing those myself. Uh, so now I'll be humming that awkward country song, I'd Like to Check You for Ticks. Uh, is that, that an actual song? It is. Wow. I, I might make you listen to that. I think yeah. we need to, yeah. It's um, it's pretty creepy. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you can get the implication, yeah. you know. Oh, He's yeah. not checking his kids oh, for ticks. Let's, okay. let's put it that yeah. way. Oh, whoa. It's even worse now. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the aftermath of finding, um, you know, of, of this happening, um, I'm definitely going to be um, you know, checking my kids super closely whenever we come within a hundred yards of a forest. <laughs> and uh, for those of you wondering uh, what it is with Elise and parasitic bugs, yes, she certainly does have a knack for discovering bed bugs and ticks. And no, I have no idea if this strange talent extends to other insect species. I thought you were setting yourself up there for the joke of. Uh, for those of you wondering what it is with Elise and parasitic bugs and then go into a why you got married to her joke. <laughs> kind of, I thought you're really strongly oh, setting yourself up. I wish I joke. thought of that. <laughs> yeah. I would say at some point you have to critically uh, approach this and say maybe Elise is the one planting these bugs on, on your children after the bed bug <laughs> episode in this one. I would say we did discuss this um, previous to beginning of the podcast tonight and she made it sound a little bit more. You make this sound like Elise was the all star and spotted. She made it sound like a little bit more incidental so i'm i'm ready to cut you some slack on this whole thing i appreciate that tim and you know i think you're onto something uh with this theory um you know mm-hmm. after all uh, when in doubt assume conspiracy theory well, yeah the election we already did us? the election coup joke earlier so why not continue it <laughs> yeah we're on a roll here yeah <laughs> um in better kid news both of my kids helped pick up trash in our neighborhood last week on earth day that's awesome yeah and uh speaking of everyday father's day how about everyday earth day that's for keep lakewood beautiful um, this was just, just random. Yeah. Yeah. A little uh, drop for Keep Lake, Keep Lakewood yeah, Breeze. Appreciate that. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Um, another organization that's near and dear to me. Um, and other good news, Charlie now knows doorbell safety after answering the door to a random telemarketer the other day <laughs> and getting reprimanded by his dear old dad. Uh, basically, he now understands that uh, one of two things needs to happen for him to respond to the doorbell ringing. Either he needs to hear me swearing like a curmudgeon as I approach the door and wonder <laughs> yeah. who could possibly be bothering us 
Or he needs to hear our Bass Sound Huckleberry barking his ass off at the porch visitor. What were they selling? Um, this one was for upgrading your, your um, internet. Oh. We door pre- to door for that. Yeah. It's, oh. it's bold, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And, you know, we always, well, we try not to answer. But if we do, we say, do you have a brochure we can take? And they, yeah. they never do. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They want to get you on the spot. Yeah. But um, I guess, you know, we need one of those no solicitors signs. I was recently <laughs> doing some uh, campaign door knocking situations last weekend, and I did avoid all the ones that said no soliciting. I, yeah. I did respect that because also I don't want to get my you know, my ass chewed out by people. I want to avoid all that. So. <laughs> it's no fun. And, you know, I've been on both sides of that. But when, when you have a, a napping kid, it just makes it all the worse. Yes. When yeah. Knocking on your door. 100%. Um, but and finally, one uh, quick tidbit, uh, speaking of which, about Lucy. Ever since we traveled to South Carolina um, with our kids um, and they got to experience the joy of riding through a few mountain tunnels on I-77. Very cool. Uh, Lucy has been obsessed with tunnels. It is it is kind of fun. You yeah. Know, you never, never gets old. Yeah. Um, she also has a very loose definition of tunnel, <laughs> which in her mind amounts to any momentary dark space. Uh, so basically now, everything, every time we're on the highway and we go under a bridge overpass, <laughs> Lucy is in the backseat screaming, tunnel! <laughs> and getting upset when the moment passes so quickly. Uh, <laughs> She's basically redefining the medical ailment of tunnel vision. I did that, I remember now, when I was a kid. Because we, we yeah. used to take the drive down to Florida and you go through all those tunnels on 77. It's a huge deal. Going through West Virginia and everything. Yeah. And I I did the same thing with, uh, with my parents, asking if we were going into a tunnel when it was an overpass. Uh, and the moment's so fleeting then when it does happen. Yeah. Did you guys hold your breath? Are you hold your breath in a tunnel kind of people? You know, we, we recommended it for the one, and then it turned out to be a longer tunnel than we anticipated. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to gonna work on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's smart. Don't kill Learn your children. Learn our tunnels first. Yeah. Don't try to screw your children up too bad. That includes suffocation. Yeah. Um, that, can add that to the, <laughs> the motto. Yeah. I'm, I'm changing the outro right Give now. Give some examples. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, on this side, we've been having a ton of fun, fun with Mara recently. Of course, we were enjoying our brief weekend of summer we had here in Northeast Ohio. Uh, my mother-in-law's birthday just occurred. Happy 70th to Linda Nichols, by the way. You don't look a day over 29. Uh, and, <laughs> Suck up. Yeah, and we hosted a small amount of our family for that. And uh, my side of the family came up recently for a little gathering as well. In both situations, we were able to take a quick trip over to our neighborhood playground with Mara, um, which have been real uh, real highlights for me. Uh, Mara played a little cornerback in a game of catch between myself and my little brother Dylan nice. which was a ton of fun and uh, she had this really weird interaction with another little one on the playground I've mentioned before that we really love random playground encounters we may get to more of those in a little bit as yes. well but uh, Mara was enjoying one of those with another kid slightly her senior on the playground they really started to hit it off the girl was helping her climb playground equipment they were running together laughing the girl was tickling her she was digging it it was great uh, and when we go to leave, I asked Mara to say goodbye to her, which I often do to try to encourage that kind of interaction. Yeah. And uh, Mara walked over to her, pointed at the cat drawing on this girl's shirt, and then just kissed her on her clothed belly. <laughs> it was very strange. No one knew how to react. I think I laughed, but we all escaped uh, as quickly as possible and got out of there. Although I, I say that, and what really happened was we kept pulling her wagon away and then like we'd get 10 feet away and she'd just run back and say goodbye to the girl <laughs> and wave and uh this is this is a normal normal occurrence here it sounds downright adorable um with regards to the the football playing uh, i will say that i'm basically the nfl draft starts tonight and i'm basically boycotting oh, that yeah so, i forgot um, about that you know no need to really talk about that is there anybody is it where is they're doing it live someplace like they it's in las vegas oh who cares um the browns who i'm you know currently in a in a uh, fight with um, don't have a first round pick anyways. Yeah. But, um, anyways, mm. um, happy birthday, Linda. Yeah. Uh, if seven is a lucky number, then 70 must be 10 times luckier. That's good, too. I like that even better than the 29 thing. Yeah. You, you can borrow that for next yeah. time. Okay. I'll edit that <laughs> in, in post. Um, Tim, I, I never cease to be amazed by the caliber of playground goers in your neighborhood and their kind interactions with Mara. I feel like you need to start some type of Chance Encounters Playground Edition app to help people connect further with playground acquaintances. There's no way this app would backfire, right? Uh, no, uh, 100% not. I, I see no issues with that at all. <laughs> okay, time for the main event of tonight. And let's face it, the moment that could decide the rest of our lives. Or at least oh, whether man. we perhaps sleep on uh, the bed or on the couch tonight. Which I'll probably fall asleep on the couch anyway. That looks pretty it's comfortable, not, Yeah, right? it's a very nice one. Yeah. Here it's we go. time to interview our wives and the mothers of our children. 
uh, Elise Lamparic and Jillian Nichols. Thank you so much for joining us on the pod and also agreeing to spend your lives with us generally. Thanks for coming. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, okay, first question for both of you. What the fuck is wrong with you? Are you okay? How are you okay with us watching your children on a day-to-day basis? Do you listen to the show? It's basically one giant confession to Child Protective Services. How do you sleep at night, you monsters? And whichever one of you wants to take that first is fine. Yeah. I don't know. Who, which one of us is more monstery? I, I have an answer to that question. Uh, no, real first question. Uh, and again, any of you can take it. Uh, what has being a mother meant to you? Uh, well, I'll take that first. Uh, this is uh, Jillian. Um, uh, what a question. Uh, it's definitely been the single biggest change in my life. Um, but uh, yeah, to me, it means that um, there's this tiny little person in the world now who I'm entirely responsible for with uh, Tim, of course. Uh, both in the sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> both in the day-to-day care that a toddler requires, but also in the long-term guidance and support um, as she becomes an eventual full-grown adult. Uh, it's a huge responsibility uh, for me. It's also been really meaningful not only to become a mother, but to watch Tim become a dad and seeing our parents become grandparents. It's pretty amazing to see all the new relationships that are created as a result of having kids. It's interesting that you think I've become a father. That's my only reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Elise? And I'm thinking, wow. I mean, that was, truly, that was eloquent. And what you said about having, like, this little person that you're responsible for, I remember reading a while back, probably before I became a mother, but maybe when I was pregnant, I can't remember exactly, that <laughs> someone describing it as having your heart outside of your body. And I, I do think that that is true. That is, like, the most, uh, what would it be? Not sentimental, but just biologically and anatomically accurate. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, it feels that way a lot of the times. So, yeah. so it's a big responsibility, but one that you know is just I'm very grateful for, and uh, I think it's it's fun to do this alongside Matt. You guys both carry that responsibility awfully well. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what do you think you learned from, at least you can take this one first maybe, what did you learn from your own parents that influenced uh, your parenting philosophy? Well, I was thinking about this, and I mean, I'm very grateful for a lot of the lessons. And, and every as our kids get older, I keep seeing different things and reflecting as only you, you know, can once you have those experiences on the choices that they made at various stages and the ways that I now understand that they supported one another. So I think that that is the biggest thing that um, they showed us and and that I take away at this moment is just how much they work together and one would step up to bat, so to speak, when Mm -hmm. the other one was in a scenario that they needed more support. I think we're, we're doing that now and I'm proud of that and I'm grateful that my parents exhibited that to us. Um, And certainly just being able to be your own person and um, embracing who we are, so trying to do that as much as possible with our kids. I Just, uh, chime in. Elise, both her parents have uh, have hearts of gold, and you know, I see that same uh, attribute in Elise as well. I, I would just say that um, uh, this is this is me adding my own commentary and jumping in front of you answering this question. But I see now <laughs> how much of the time you think your parents are like infallible when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Typically, I think. How much of the bullshit? They were just bullshitting the entire time. They didn't know anything that they were doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and smell our own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's terrifying. So anytime a parent is able to just, like, convince you, like, yes, this is the way that they're things the are. Yeah. And they're, like, moving in and out of roles. And they're able to, like, step into a role and step back when they need to. It's just, like, being able to have that dance and make it all, like, work in front of your kids, I think, is it's crazy. Yeah. And I think you start seeing that, like, as you, for me, as I got into, like, college and stuff and my parents started to become more like of the friend role and mm-hmm. and not needing to like discipline as much just remind she was still grounded every other um just realizing to your point like just the they're just humans at the end of the day and yeah. they're trying to make choices and so i think they've been good sounding boards too as you know we are raising our kids to mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to say we've been there and to be you know you'll get through this yeah. or whatever it might be. Yeah. Jill? Uh, yeah, I have a similar response, I think. Uh, I would say my parents did a great job leading uh, by example and having a strong, stable relationship with each other. 
uh, for me to observe as well as always making the time and effort to support me and my brother and our various hobbies and interests. Um, I think it provided me with a foundation to create a similar situation for myself, both in having a solid relationship with Tim uh, as well. <laughs> I'm making the so-so <laughs> sign. You can't tell it's audio only. <laughs> as well as the intention to uh, provide the same level of love and support for Mara. Your mom is probably going to be listening to this podcast. Do you think she's crying? No. <laughs> I, I hope so. That's yeah. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. We already shouted out her 70th birthday. And Matt said she's very lucky. And I said she looks 29. So Yeah. This is going well then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that I think that's great. The modeling of a, of relationships. There's a lot of kids who don't get that you know, right. a lot of times with, yeah. with depending on the family that they're coming from and. Um, of course, they get a lot of other great attributes too, but that's um, that's super important. What has been the most challenging, other than being married to the two of us, and <laughs> most rewarding pieces of parenthood so far? Jill, it's your turn. Um, I'm reminded of a bleaker point in my preg pregnancy where I found myself Googling things like how to be a mother when you're also an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've always been someone who likes a lot of time to myself to recharge and relax and I think having to give up a big chunk of that to dedicate to being a parent for me has definitely been the most challenging aspect. Uh, of course I think it's balanced out by all the rewards that come with parenting like watching her achieve new milestones and develop this little personality more and more every day. Uh, there's also no sweeter feeling than when she comes up and gives me a hug unprompted or squeals with excitement when I walk into the room. Her affection is so pure and it melts my heart every time. Are you going to cry? That's so joyful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of the most challenging, I think for me personally, it's been just having to be okay with not getting everything right, so to speak. Sometimes that looks like me deleting Instagram from my phone because <laughs> I follow the super helpful accounts that can quickly become the accounts that are like, you know, I'm like but I need to be feeding her this food and I need to be getting her to bed this time. And Is it motherly? Because I hate motherly. <laughs> it's not. I okay. followed them a while back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've had, I've realized that as much as I can look at other parents and by and large just be like, cool, do your own thing. Like, that's what works for you. That's great. In my own head, I've realized, like, I want a, a right and a wrong, you know, way to do something. And so... Mm -hmm going back to my parents and certainly to Matt they've been helpful to be like it's okay you know yeah. so I think that helps me a lot too it's like that you think like am I doing this the right way yeah. am I like doing the right thing to help them and you're like this doesn't really matter mm -hmm. like it's fine like it's like you're like freestyling a lot of the stuff anyway yeah. and I think as long as you're you have the ideas in your head of what you want to do and how you yeah. want to go about it um, it's a lot better than when you like you're just like you know what doesn't really matter in the end we're just making this up as we go along a little bit yeah there's no single rule book um for sure but while these ladies are good tim i, I can see them totally just taking over this podcast <laughs> relieving us of our duties yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and, and matt i'm afraid you're going to interject and not let me do the most rewarding part which is that yeah. like the kids both charlie and lucy have you know they just have their very genuine moments where they um display affection towards us like you were talking about Jill and that's so wonderful Lucy just before we came here was kind of saying I love you in her own way I'm not big on baby talk like I don't mind the kids doing it but I'm not gonna try to impersonate her right now because it's just not gonna go well mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but that and then I, I think um, you all know that like my both of my grandmothers just passed in the last month and Charlie had a has just multiple times said to me like you know I'm sorry and and come and hug me and um, just realizing like, okay, he's got, like, he has empathy and mm -hmm, yeah. he cares for us. And those kinds of milestones are are lovely to see and very rewarding. That's got to feel good mm -hmm. um, because it is such a hard time to go through and uh, to see your kids recognizing that and feeding emotion back to you and everything else has got to be a very satisfying feeling. 
Yeah, exactly. I think actually someone was like, well, now you know that he's, you know, not a psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) Not a serial killer. (laughs) Not me, none. We have hinted to a couple times in this podcast of him murdering me. So (laughs) I'm glad that that's. When he dumps lots of things on your head. Yes, exactly. So I'm glad that seems like maybe it's just me and not like a a, a pathological. It's a personal vendetta here, Tim. And besides, he's not going to go to um, my. High school. That's true. You know, so he has that going them. for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, did you, you know he went? That did yeah. you know he I went did. to the Jeffrey Dahmer High School? Yes, because I listened to this podcast. I think that was like episode one or two. Yeah, yeah. Ago, right? yeah. yeah. most people stopped after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, to lighten it up a little bit, uh, is it strange uh, for you two to have Tim and I regularly discuss our family lives in this very public setting, especially what happens in the bathtub? Especially yeah. Yes, sometimes I like to read books. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yes and no. I think by and large, it's I know that I've found, well, I just spoke to those resources as sometimes being, uh, you know, not as helpful. But there are lots of resources out there that I've listened to and um, consumed in some way that have been helpful to me. And so I'm, I'm hoping that what you two are putting out into the world is at least humoring some people <laughs> and offending fewer yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah um you're this many episodes in and we've gotten a good rhythm i think in terms of what we know matt and i like are comfortable with mm-hmm. sharing and what we're not you don't edit out his betty white jokes anymore because he's still making them. <laughs> <laughs> every, every episode has a betty white joke speaking of personal vendettas yeah. <laughs> Who hates Betty White that much? Who knew? Uh, I actually um, really like it. Um, I often listen to these episodes in the first day or two after they come out, and I found myself laughing out loud a lot. Uh, I also think it's kind of a cool way to archive a lot of memories that we might otherwise forget. Yes. Uh, (laughs) All of the stuff that we want to forget, we're going to remember now. Um, It could be interesting for us to listen to these episodes in the future, and maybe even for Mara to listen to them as well. I would imagine if I could hear my own parents talking about their daily trials with me as a toddler, um, I'd probably find it really fun. Uh, So, you know, maybe cool it with the penis jokes. (laughs) (laughs) What were we talking about before we started recording this interview? That the the needle and uh, the balls? Matt's balls were (laughs) deflating in the cold. (laughs) Soccer balls, people. Soccer balls for practice. (laughs) That Cleveland April weather. (laughs) The 40 degree time... You know, our 40 degree temperature drop, it, all the soccer balls that I'm responsible for providing the team, they all got uh, deflated. <laughs> and I needed some needles to reinflate those balls. Like, whatever you're into and your personal time is your personal time. When we're just when we're recording this podcast, you just have to behave during that. Okay, if you want to stick needles in your balls in your personal time, that's all you. <laughs> well, jokes aside, Jill, I'm, I'm relieved that um, you don't cringe when you listen to us, and I completely agree that it's, it's, it's such a great archive system, and I can't wait. You know five, ten years from now to go back and listen to some of the early episodes and just mm-hmm. remember things. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun for both both families. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, at the at the expense of perhaps overstating our impact, uh, at least what you said about um, using, like, the resources out there that people have, I think one of the things, I know Matt and I have talked about this when we gave that incredible interview to Westlife, uh, <laughs> the idea of the community that was around it and, and hearing, you know, uh, Garrett, Brandon, the people who have reached out, some of the the dads that you've talked to on the on uh, the marathon trail, yeah. Um, I, just the, hearing like a community around it is like surprising and awesome and really important. I think because there's just um, being a parent generally. I think is a horribly isolating experience. Being mm-hmm. a parent in a pandemic is double the so humbling experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I, I think. Um, as a father, just from that ex- that perspective, and and staying home with a kid, it's 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 got its own kind of specific things around it too. So I think whatever we can do to share and talk about it and make it um, feel a little bit less like a your own personal like isolated journey and and something that we're all going through is 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 great. Yeah, yeah. and Tim and I never beat around the bush about just how therapeutic it can be for us to do this. So we really appreciate your guys support plus we get to drink a lot <laughs> really what's the idea was well and to keep going with that just a little longer if you the will. drinking yeah no. <laughs> all night at least i don't need to encourage you there yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Is that I, why his balls were deflated? <laughs> <laughs> they say that happens. I know that, like, making the choice <laughs> for you, I don't, I can't speak for you, Tim and Jill, but um, for us, like, with having Matt at home with the kids, they're, I gravitate towards other people who are like, oh, you're in the same setup because it is less common, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm, there are many reasons as to why, and you, you all have pointed to some of those. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's why I hope is that people find this. I imagine they are and are finding some guidance and humor, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Elise is, is one to laugh pretty gen- liberally. And um, she wouldn't tell you this, but I, but I will. She, um, in her high school superlative, she she um, won best laugh in her high school class. Wow. <laughs> so now she's going to be super oh, self-conscious. Oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> now she's going to be chuckling like a sailor. Must have been a, must have been a small high school. <laughs> that was a fake laugh. Yeah. <laughs> there were at least a dozen of them in that class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, at the risk of generalizing, uh, Tim and I have noticed, and I'm going to speak include him in on this too because we talked about this I think mm-hmm. recently a phenomena where uh, many moms want their kids to stay young and many dads want their kids to grow up already have you noticed this is there any truth to this trend uh, Tim and I were talking about this a little bit earlier today and I don't know that this is true for us I almost feel like we're kind of on the same page I know personally especially during the newborn phase which I kind of struggled with I kept catching myself being like, I cannot wait for her to be older. I can't wait for her to walk. I can't wait for her to talk. I can't wait for her to hold her own head up. Um, And I had to kind of keep constantly reminding myself like, Jill, stop. This is going to go by so fast. Just try to enjoy this while you can. But I do find myself having to almost suppress this um, uh, anxious excitement of like, I can't wait till we're at the next step. and I think, Tim, you said you kind of feel the same way, right? 100%. I think um, I was at the park recently and, you know, Mars running around and someone asked, it's like the park, like, starter kit of questions you ask, like, oh, how old's your little one, you know? And um, I was talking about Mars. I was, oh, she's a year and a half. And this um, a woman was like, oh. It's my favorite age. I want to be like, why? Do you love a kid going ba 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 and screaming at you and starting to cry? You have no idea what they want. Like, uh, and I found myself in that moment, and 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 often in moments, saying like, I can't wait for her to express herself a little bit more. And I I feel like my and we'll see if this um, ends up being true. I feel like my like sweet spot of dad is like answering dumb questions, you know, and like <laughs> providing like very baseline information of where I'm, I'm very strong at. I could see that being like, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? thank you very much. Uh, I, I look forward to that and like explaining things and I actually look forward to like the endless why questions, I think, because um, I'm, I'm excited about that and, and being able to, to explain these things and, and introduce- She will stump you though. Yeah, <laughs> you're only like, what, three whys away from having no answer, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I look forward to that. But on the other side of it, um, maybe I'll hate that. I don't know uh, that that period of our of our parenting. The other side of it too is that um, you know Mara will often pick up my phone and rub her dirty Mara paws all over it and cover it with <laughs> yogurt or berries or whatever. And she was doing that today, and she opened up the you know Google Photo montage or whatever of you know like six months ago or something, and I was like. Yeah almost brought to tears of like this <laughs> tiny little baby and like bald probably yeah like, like, totally <laughs> or bald, close to yeah extraordinarily round face right <laughs> and um you're just remembering all the time it's like god why did i not uh, like appreciate that and i think we were appreciating that to the, mm-hmm. the best we could but like why didn't i take the time to just enjoy that so much more because they're only that age once and so um yeah, the answer is all of the above. Like, I just want to enjoy all of it, you know? Yeah. Well said, both of you. Yeah. Elise? Yeah, I think in terms... I think we do fit this mold a little bit sometimes. I mean, by and large, we're pretty good about um, trying to be in the moment with them. But what comes to mind, and it's I know it's coming from a good place, is, like, if I'm emotional for whatever reason about, like, something that's going on with the kids, um, sometimes Matt will use it almost as, like, a reassurance of, like, well, they're going to grow out of this soon and they're going to be big or they're going to, you know, they won't need us as much. But yeah. and, then, and then that just makes me more emotional. I'm like, oh, no. Like, I don't want to 
and I just. I want to be yeah. sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it could even be something like, oh, that that day up in the future where we we get to get rid of our diaper pail, and Lisa's like, no, no, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. It smells yeah. just right. Yeah. 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 No. I just took to ours to the garage to take the bag out. We don't empty it in the house anymore. <laughs> the stink goes everywhere. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to that being gone. Yeah. Too. No, there are certain things like that that are definitely good, and but yeah, just trying to be present, but. It's hard. It's a hard battle. And like you were saying, Jill, it was making me think of with the the younger baby, like just looking for milestones sometimes too because yeah. I think, again, going back to that like right or wrong, it's like are they reaching this? Are they reaching that? And it's like let them just be, you mm-hmm. know. A lot of that, as much as what to expect can be helpful, it's also like you got to toss that aside. You just put yourself against all those because you're so, you're just out in the wilderness, right? And yeah. it's like you yeah. just look for every one of those markers and right. you can be like, am I doing things right? Is this going on? Are they like progressing? And it's like not a great look in the end, you know, because you're just like right. stressing over it. Yeah. And then they do it and you're, you know, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. And then yeah. it's good. Mara <laughs> only rolled right for yeah. months. I was just thinking time seemed to move so fast but when you're waiting on a milestone that's taking a while it moves so slowly where every day you're like is today the day that you're gonna roll left? Yeah. (laughs) Nope. That sounds like Zoolander. She can't turn left. (laughs) I remember in one of the early episodes um, I talked about going to uh, daddy boot camp where they Oh, yeah. in, in an over masculine way taught you how to be how to prepare for fatherhood and I remember did um, they had a did, am I misremembering or did they also take you out to a gun range during that <laughs> thing too or they didn't and thank goodness I'm a terrible shot yeah. but um <laughs> but I remember um at one point the the guy um was talking someone someone asked about the should I invest in the what to expect series and the guy said I'll tell you what you should expect. You should expect the unexpected. Yeah. And, now that's um, good advice. Did he scream yeah. it? Yeah. Was screaming at you like looking down at yeah, his yeah. He ripped his dog tags off and said, go home, son. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, for all the jokes we're making, I think that actually was pretty good advice. No no disrespect yeah. to that book series, but yeah. um, you know, unpredictability is um, pretty much the consistent, all, consistent here. All the resources are... Uh, incredibly helpful and absolutely worthless <laughs> evenly throughout all yeah, of yeah. them. You know, like. Yeah. And we've talked, you know, how big the, the, the industry is mm-hmm. and, you know, um, how they can get sucked in pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. We'll end it on a uh, very light note. Uh, there's a running joke in my family that I go on more dates, um, be it kid-related, podcast-related, or running-related, that we don't do as many of those um, the last one recently. We'll go back into it. We'll get, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, with Tim, then I deal with Elise. Elise, where should we go on our next date, and what is your perfect date? Jill, same questions to you, but with regards to Tim. I thought I thought we were ready to make an announcement here. <laughs> <laughs> Better off dads together or something. We were gonna, we were gonna like change the whole change the whole mix up. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you're right. We did have today or tonight slated as a concert of some sort and then and then we pivoted to this and it's been very pleasant so it's kind of like a a very pleasant is quite the insult (laughs) no thanks for bringing me into the the fold um i don't know i think i mean we like all things cleveland i'm pretty sure that when we started dating we printed off like the list of 100 things you have to do in cleveland before you die I don't know where we're at with that. Maybe we should dust that off and, yeah. and get something. We're still alive, so yeah. might as well put it on the list. There you go. Live music's always good, though. I think we like doing that together. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I don't know. Our perfect date. Um, I'm trying to think of the ones that we used to do before we were parents. Um, <laughs> I mean, it feels kind of boring to say, but I think we always enjoyed trying out new restaurants and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I feel like the what you're doing doesn't matter as much as who you're with to be mm-hmm. a little sappy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I would say the perfect date is just our date because we also have not uh, gone out. <laughs> yeah. I'd say what I miss uh, the most uh, that we used to do um, with friends uh, would be we'd go, We'd I'm an early riser, daylight savings time, uh, back to that again. <laughs> Uh, and we used to go to like the matinee shows on Saturdays with mm-hmm. our friends. You go to like a, a ten thirty or eleven o'clock in the morning Talk about show. Movies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get a, a massive thing of buttery popcorn. Get a massive thing of buttery popcorn <laughs> if you're into that. And in like, lieu of breakfast, you get out of the you get out of the movie. It's like one thirty in the afternoon, and you go to a bar. <laughs> With free popcorn, mm. in my case, that's a, that's a necessary. You go to a bar, you talk about the movie, you yeah. hang out for a couple hours, and then you 
I mean, you feel like shit for a couple hours after that in the middle of the day. But then, then you a lot got of the rest. sugar and things yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Um, those are the kind of things that I that are difficult now to do mm-hmm. with um, with children, but you can still get away from that with, from time to time. Well, Tim, I think they've uh, passed this interview with uh, flying colors. That's interesting. I had the exact opposite feeling. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna cut this all. <laughs> Tim, this is for Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. This episode of the Better Off Dad podcast is brought to you by Blimp City Bike and Hike. Blimp City is a full-service, family-owned bicycle shop in Akron, Ohio, located right on the beautiful towpath trail near the gorgeous Cuyahoga Valley National Park. What an asset for us Ohioans, am I right? Founded in 2009, Blimp City offers a wide range of quality bicycles from reputable brands like Kona, Felt and Bianchi, as well as specialty bicycles from Elliptigo stand-up bikes, electric bikes, which I've been looking at getting myself one of to haul Mara around in her trailer, uh, and scooters, as well as folding bikes and recumbent bicycles. The shop also carries cycling accessories and rental bikes. I'm going to be spending probably thousands of dollars in bicycle helmets as my daughter's head gets bigger. Blimp City prides itself on providing exceptional customer service. The shop's comprehensive repair services include fine-tuning your bike to meet your comfort and recreation needs. Visit BlimpCityBikeAndHike.com. That's BlimpCityBikeAndHike.com. To learn more and mention this ad right here in store to receive 20% off any accessory purchase, do it. Tell them the Bod Pod sent you. Make Blimp City your headquarters for outdoor adventure. Uh, okay, let's do some headlines uh, with the women folk. They're still around. <laughs> they didn't leave. Did, uh, not yet, anyway. <laughs> how does women folk make you feel? <laughs> I feel like I should. Doesn't feel great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're on thin ice, Tim. Uh, okay, so real quick, just so we're caught up in terms of headlines, daylight savings time, permanent, real quick. Yay or nay, Elise? Yay. Yay. Just leave. <laughs> Interview's over. I'm deleting it again. It's over. Uh, uh, real. Listen, I took a sunrise photo on my run this morning. It was great. Daily, permanent daylight saving time. That doesn't happen anymore. Are you guys thinking about this? Is this going into your equation? Yeah. For me, it's the evenings. Like, right? Would, I don't care that would about be that. Accurate? No. <laughs> yeah. I know. You're an early riser. But... I, yeah, yeah. I'm in bed by 7 o'clock. What do you want? With the light shining through your windows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll make it tomorrow's bedtime. Uh, okay, real headlines then. Or just tuck them both in. <laughs> yeah. um, I need tucked in. That's nice. Uh, let's talk social media. And no, I don't think we have time to talk about Elon Musk buying Twitter. Do we? I don't know. Do we have time for that? <laughs> I'm going to chime in for a minute on that. Oh, okay, good. Uh, let's talk about the network, the most depraved, divorce from reality, sick shit that you can think of. And I am, of course, speaking of LinkedIn. In March, the company <laughs> announced a new feature allowing users to spotlight career breaks on their profiles. Thank you, Elise, for highlighting that. Uh, in their announcement, the company said they'd heard from users, especially women, that, uh, quote, wanted a better way to positively represent career breaks by highlighting skills learned and experiences they had during a work pause. Uh, They actually uh, included some really cool data in the release as well, saying a survey of some 23,000 employees found that nearly two-thirds had taken a career break at some point in their work life. Uh, They highlighted parenting, of course, as one of those breaks, but also breaks for bereavement and caregiving. Interestingly, fun employment uh, was not on the list, nor was because I got that stimmy check. Uh, (laughs) Thoughts on this development? Um, uh, Elise, let's start with you. Well, yeah, I, I sent that over, I think, to Matt. I mean, mm-hmm. not yeah. that you need to add that. Although, I do think you have some sort of, like, household. Like, you created that for yourself, right? To, yeah. To show. COO of the yeah. household. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. I think it CMO. just says state-owned parents. C-suite. Yeah, all the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I figured it was, you know, a good way for them to embrace the many reasons that, to this point, they might someone might be taking a break from their career. Especially during after post COVID too, right? right? Yeah. That caused so many kind of disruptions in people's lives, right? Um, Jill, yeah, I think it's a it's a a great thing for them to embrace. Uh, it's obviously something that a lot of um, adults go through, um, so why not just highlight that and mm-hmm. own it? Yeah, mm-hmm. Matt, yeah, you know, honestly, I see both sides of the of the coin here, and, and 
you know, admittedly, I, I try to avoid LinkedIn like the plague because as a stay-at-home dad or stay-at-home parents, um, that, that platform always makes me feel inadequate yeah. um, when I go on there and <laughs> yeah. read everybody's, um, you know, promotion updates and whatnot. But um, I just give, like, whatever the weird reactions are to people, like, thinking <laughs> or like, yeah, feeling pensive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, on the one hand, it's it's really cool that LinkedIn is finally acknowledging um, we're not a bunch of workaholic robots and that life experiences not involving a cubicle can and do happen. Um, but on the other hand, uh, what does it say about the state of society when you basically have to list a special exemption um, um, to account for time in adulthood not spent working for the man? Yeah, I do think like, normalizing these like non-linear career paths is going to be important yeah um, on the whole it's, it's certainly a positive development and it's a positive movement yeah. towards that but i agree with you it's like where were we before that that's where we are now you know right. that that's that's how far we've moved for sure yeah you also wanted to shit on elon musk too. yeah is that I, right i'm sorry I'll, I'll keep this brief but before we <laughs> ignore elon musk for hopefully the rest of our lives um, unless yeah. he comes wanting to buy um, our podcast for a substantial sum or being interviewed on the show i mean that would get us a lot of that's like, true a yeah. lot of hate mail <laughs> <laughs> um, i did want to share one tweet of all things in response to this news that i thought really encapsulated how i feel about this and I quote, it's hard to overstate the moral vacuum required to have $44 billion available to you and decide to use it to purchase a social media platform um, to ensure you're allowed to um, shitpost without consequences. Were you thinking about not saying shitpost? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just lost my spot. <laughs> um, to buy a social media platform for that reason Instead of address, using that a substantial amount of money to address poverty, climate change, or public health initiatives, or any of the other you know world problems mm-hmm. you could address, um, it's it's pretty telling. Yeah, I think I saw a lot of people saying like that's a lot of money to spend on a big problem. Like, why would <laughs> like if you want that much stress in your life, you could spend a lot of more money and, and get uh, and, and get bigger problems if you really wanted to. But for sure. Another big headline in Cleveland is a recent uptick in uh, fatal vehicular deaths uh, in the city, particularly those involving children. Uh, we had two children uh, struck and killed by vehicles this week, and here in Lakewood, uh, there was a fatal accident as well, just um, maybe like a half a mile away from where we're recording this uh, podcast right now. Uh, the coverage of these uh, accidents is, is heartbreaking, as you'd expect, and, um, you know, wanted to mention on the podcast because it's just these are um kids that are taken from us because we don't have adequately safe streets that we are providing for them um and it's uh it's really sad it's terrible and for me the takeaway here is you need safe streets for these kids pedestrian signal priority you know lower speed limits and for the love of everything good and holy, can we get some enforcement around here? I think everybody that if you're in and around this area has some story of seeing someone blatantly disregard traffic laws mm-hmm. in in and around the city of Cleveland, just running red lights and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I have one of those recently on the east side that I saw, just someone just blowing through a red light that went through a four-lane road. Um, it's just crazy to me that, that this is the kind of environment that we are living in and we have to you know kind of still deal with these things. And... We're not taking more severe action to take care of it. Yeah, and you know, there's there's plenty of stats out there about how um, in this pandemic and post you know post pandemic or near the hopefully near the end of the pandemic world, um, the traffic fatalities are, are way up. And, you know, it's, it's a this is a national problem right now, and of course we're feeling it close to home. Um, you know, incredibly tragic, no matter how you slice it. And you know, obviously a, a stern reminder to both uh, keep an extremely watchful eye on our kids and to ingrain traffic safety in their beautiful brains as they become old enough to understand this concept, um, which Charlie um, is, is already at that point. Um, you know, I saw that the, um, one of the Cleveland neighborhoods where um, one of the two accidents took place um, has taken it upon themselves to create makeshift, slow down kids play here signage um, because they have very little confidence in the city of Cleveland that it would react appropriately in a timely manner. So, yeah, there's a Cleveland um, scene story had that stuff. Yeah. Right? yeah. So you know, on the one hand, kudos to that neighborhood for doing that. On the other hand, you know, how sad is it that they can't they can't rely on their uh, on their city government to step in and um, try to solve the problem rapidly? Yeah. Um, just one personal story to share. Um, Elise and I live on a street um, that does have a 25 mile power speed limit, uh, yet people regularly cruise it like it's the autobahn. Uh, particularly because it's the last cut-through street um, before a city mm-hmm. park, and because there's a Catholic high school that will m- remain unnamed, 
Uh, that's due north of us. And you always you can see shit on St. Ed's on this podcast <laughs> if you want. <laughs> you always see these out of town kids, you know, racing to school super tardy, um, which of course um, Elise was guilty of back in the day. And well, had the a... tardiness, not the racing. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I strolled into school. Later. <laughs> you weren't drag racing on your way to no. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, it's a running joke that Elise was always um, always late late for school back then. Yeah. I got I got pulled over for drag racing in a church parking lot in my Saturn wagon in high school. Just as an aside <laughs> story. Well, and you brought up the super. I'm mad. Earlier. I'm amazed. Yeah. <laughs> I came in second, and I know this because I was on your book. Uh, for the superlative of always late. I probably shouldn't share that with people. <laughs> At least you were laughing through the whole yeah, thing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, um, our street has a strong block hub, uh, so we petitioned the city of Lakewood for traffic calming. The city did conduct a traffic study where they put this um, black box, they connected it to one of the telephone poles, and it was recording data for a couple weeks. Um, yeah, that thing wasn't connected to anything. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, they, Placebo. <laughs> it was a yeah. ham sandwich in that box. Yeah. <laughs> I would have eaten it had I known yeah. that. <laughs> but um, they, uh, they came back to us with all this results, and it concluded that while speeding does certainly take place regularly on our streets, which we could have told them that, uh, the speeds and the frequency aren't extreme enough for our street to qualify for a major traffic calming initiative. Uh, we remain disappointed in this result, and if anyone from City Hall happens to be listening... Um, and we vow to do everything within our powers to curb speeding in our dense residential neighborhood. And yes, I'm already the curmudgeon old guy who shakes my fist at anyone cruising over 30 you down the street. Say, you stand out there with your hose, okay? And nobody can tell you otherwise. <laughs> I watched the windshield for him. Yeah. <laughs> those results were like, if if we needed to reach the threshold of like 30 miles per hour, we were at an average of like 29.8 miles per yeah. hour. And I'm like, okay, come on. When do you, you know, yeah. just say it's too fast that's still going to be just as deadly of an right. accident um and I, I don't know like i'll quickly go down my rabbit hole of like uh this is similar to regional airports for me where i get very animated about the issue for some <laughs> reason uh i i asked nobody to google this stat ahead of time i hope they don't uh i hope they didn't uh does anybody want to take a guess on how many vehicular like related deaths there are worldwide annually it's 1.3 million people who die year? every year can you imagine if 1.3 million people were dying in airplanes a year like we would be grounded no one would fly everyone anywhere we would like be figuring all this stuff out um i just think like yeah it's just a massive failure of policy i think like the the massive trucks that we have driving down the road people are on their phones not paying attention to what they're doing like um there's just a ton of stuff that we need to do it all seems like low-hanging fruit just slow people down and uh, and pull them over if they're going too fast you know it just seems like very easy kind of stuff that you could do yeah and, I, and i'm you know i've slowed down my driving over the years I, I will admit i wasn't always a slow cautious driver but i think what always shocks me is if everybody just kind of drove the speed limit around the same speed It'd be so much safer, but you have you're always going to have somebody you know cruising mm-hmm. twenty over, and and that's where the the problem lies. And you know we history just repeats itself, so we never learn. Updating some kind of sexy take on their latest promotion on LinkedIn <laughs> up into their profile. And oh, it's like people haven't been taught about the zipper. Do you guys know about the? Z- <laughs> that's not really speeding. You can Is probably this back cut to math balls again. <laughs> <laughs> When you're when you're getting on an on ramp or whatever, you're supposed to like it's. A oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, but that's yeah. not really speeding. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, people just like don't want want to let you merge right. anymore. That's, that's what it that's is. Merging. That's yeah, the word yeah, I was looking yeah, yeah. for. The zipper is a good way to look at it. <laughs> All right. Um, compose myself here. Uh, we are back with What's New Kiddo, and today we want to talk about a cute and endearing ritual our kids have adopted recently that showcases their respective development as toddlers, as well as their ever-increasing ability to interna- interact with each other. That's a hell of a setup. Yeah, man, yeah. It's, there's no way this will live up to what I yeah. just said. Yeah. It's a circus act. Yeah. <laughs> um, during mealtimes uh, lately, our uh, four-and-a-half-year-old Charlie will show off his encyclopedia-like knowledge of dinosaurs. By asking our one-and-a-half-year-old Lucy to pronounce various five-syllable dinosaur names he's memorized. <laughs> and Lucy will, in turn, demonstrate her improving verbal skills by rattling off said dinosaur names fairly seamlessly while wearing a look of amusement on her face. Now, I could try to recreate this scene by using my Charlie and Lucy voices, but it wouldn't do it justice, so instead I'll let Elise, who in addition to being way better looking than me, was also smart enough to record an instance of this exchange, 
and I'll help let her provide the necessary audio. Lucy, can you say Ankylosaurus? Lucy, said Ankylosaurus. Yeah. Lucy, can you say Pterodactyl? Pterodactyl. What? Lucy, can you say Velociraptor? Is he could use a Utahraptor? I am Korean. That was a hard one. It's called a Utahraptor. It's definitely from the state of Utah. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Does she pick up on those quickly, or is that just like rote, like beat into her head? Um, she picks on up on them pretty quickly. Yeah, that's awesome. Plus, she probably hears them talking about it nonstop. (laughs) (laughs) On our end. uh, Mara is her, her obsession right now. She's not obsessed with dinosaurs. She has a couple obsessions uh, that we're dealing with right now. I would say number one is uh, she has become, she's always been very focused on staircases. Um, <laughs> recently, I would say we went to Lakewood Park and she wow. made her solstice steps. Uh, no, thank oh. God. <laughs> uh, although almost as bad. Uh, the the park near our home, Lakewood Park, beautiful, beautiful park, abutting Lake Erie, the shallowest of the Great Lakes. Um, <laughs> she, uh, we have this really cool. I don't know how how tall is the the tree um, the treehouse thing in the Lakewood oh, Park? It's, it's like forty feet or something, scared. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're way up in the air. It's these large like metal um, uh, structures that go up there, and like a circular staircase that gets you up into this kind of netting area that you can run around in. She was making me go backwards down the spiral staircase, <laughs> on thing, which is not fun. Okay, yeah, a bit disorienting and scary. She was just going up and down, up and down the staircase, and just wants to walk down the staircase over and over again. Yeah, to clarify, she used to go down her um, backwards on her hands and knees, but now she has learned how to hold onto the railing. Oh, yes, wow. yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And She's go down upright. She will go down the railing, and she just needs like a like a hand support to like mm-hmm. go down, um, which is also very. Uh, scary when she's like going down a spiral staircase but um, scary for you but it sounds like Mara's pretty fearless she's doing a great job um so every place we went to the the aquarium the other day and she just she didn't want to go see sharks she just wanted to walk down the steps that go into the entrance of the place which i'm really glad that we paid for the membership for them um so that's that's the first one that i think that we're dealing with and i would say the biggest thing with that is that actually you know we have the gates at the top of the stairs which have always been like sort of a fail safe, right? Because she knows not to go like running like towards the stairs. Um, now they are very much a necessary item because if those gates are not closed, she's just like, I'm going fucking downstairs right now. <laughs> <laughs> she's testing you. Yeah, like I don't know how to use these things. Um, so that's been that's been a, a bit of an adjustment for us. The other thing is that Mara has a favorite song, and. Um, she will listen to it for literally three hours a day <laughs> now on repeat. I yeah, it's it's kind of funny how this uh, favorite song came about oh, yeah. because uh, uh, I follow on Instagram my best friend from when I was five, uh, who have I've seen like maybe a couple of times since then. Uh, but she seems like a cool person. But she posted for the Spotify Wrapped thing that happens at the end of the year where it. Um, displays all of your stats around music listening. You're just going to drop that in there. Right? <laughs> yeah. drop it in there. Yeah. Uh, but this old friend of mine had posted that uh, her number one song, uh, she said, like, I knew this would be my one, number one song because I listened to it like every morning to get hyped. And I thought that was so interesting because I don't consume music like that. But of course, when I saw it, I was like, what is the song? I have to hear it. And the song is called... Um, it's the Scissor Sisters is the artist. And the song is Don't Feel Like Dancing. Uh, Which yeah, we can play was, a little bit of yeah, that yeah. for this. Please, please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it is—it's catchy and it's fun and it's poppy and it's—it's it's got it's high energy. And so I listened to it and I was like, I like this. And so I, every once in a while, I'll, I'll add these kind of catchy poppy songs to a playlist that I call Mara's Tunes. And uh, from there, uh, it is now Mara's favorite song. She's obsessed with it. It ends. She does the more sign that she does when <laughs> she's eating too, and just needs to get played on repeat <laughs> over and over again. Uh, you know, we were talking about this before. The um, the young boys that she knows at the park near our house, 
we saw them today and they wanted to play music for her and they were like oh does she like baby shark and i was like guys she likes the Scissor Sisters, which, for the record, Jill reminded me when I came back, that's a sex reference? That's a sex reference? <laughs> uh, and I said to eight-year-old boys. Uh, so I'm sorry about that, guys. Uh, Let's turn into confession. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Me some angry parents knocking on your door. Yeah. I can't believe Matt did that with uh, Lucy. That's terrible. Um, so, uh, but she will listen to it nonstop. So I think, feel like we are dealing with this. You know, the stare thing seems pretty innocent. The music, I don't know how to deal with this idea that um, how to cope with her being obsessed with something and wanting to support it. I mean, she's not watching SpongeBob SquarePants, but <laughs> I don't want her to be, like, there are other songs in the world. So kind of like yeah, that push and she'll... pull of dealing with these obsessions. She'll start crying if we play another song. So we're kind of like, uh, <laughs> do we give did, in to this? Did Charlie go through anything like this at any point? Or? Oh, Big Green Tractor was a favorite song of his for a while. And we don't really listen to country music. It's yeah. not our thing. So. Except well, for the That's song. the second yeah. reference to oh, yeah, you're right. country songs. I guess, I, yeah. well, sometimes <laughs> um, we do. But, you know, I don't know if he's ever had, you know, a, let's listen to the same song for hours on end. Well, the, yeah, Encanto um, or Encanto soundtrack is probably oh, yeah. Do we have time for a short book review? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, we had picked this book in advance, and now that I'm sitting here looking at it, I see that it doesn't have an author, which seemed very sketchy to me. <laughs> uh, Illustrated and written on Cricket Island. Is this like some weird, like... I don't uh, know. <laughs> Um, but anyway, the I have a title, and the title is uh, "Who Says Peep 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 Sounds from the Barn." Uh, this is just a cute book that uh, my aunt had sent us uh, for Easter, and um, uh, I don't know. There's nothing special about it, but I think Mar kind of took to it pretty quickly. It's a, about a rabbit named Bloom who hears a peep 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 sound, and he goes from bar, uh, barn animal to barn animal asking, "Do you say peep peep peep?" And they reply with, uh, "No, I'm a cow. I say moo moo moo." <laughs> and uh, it's just kind of cute and funny. And and Mara was taken with it, and uh, I think picked up her third animal sound from it. Yeah. Mara now nice. correctly responds to, "What does the sheep say?" And Mara yeah. will say, "Ba ba ba." <laughs> uh, so yeah, just a, a cute little book with the cute little illustrations, but um, yeah, no author apparently. Those animal noises, though, that's a that's a big yeah. you know thing to. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. We're it's enjoying like a cute it. Book. Yeah, we're yeah. trying to get Moo and uh, you. You're really uh, hard on Nay Nay Nay. Yeah, for yeah, because she can already say like Na Na for like banana, so I feel like it's right natural there. transition. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I always get thrown with like certain animals, though. Well, I mean, clearly there's one for the bunny, yeah, but. But like giraffe or something, we have some books. The that I'm bleeding like, sound of a giraffe. Oh, is that what you, is that what you would do? You do a bleeding sound. They oh. make a bleeding sound. Yeah, I, I know that from a, Disney World. I make a sound that makes it sound like I. I think of their neck, so I just kind of like woo. Like I don't know. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's a long neck, and I just want to. I don't know. What it is. <laughs> yeah. So sure seemed very squiggly, so I I assumed the sound for them was. <laughs> Um, at least did not win best animal song. Yeah. <laughs> she came in third place. It's like, it like three kids so at the high school. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, well, that sounds like a good one. We'll have to check that out. The, the library nearest just reopened, so we are excited. Oh, yeah, that's true. Madison mm-hmm. Branch. Um, the book that we were going to talk about is one that friends gave us when we were expecting Charlie. It's called All the World. Um, it's by Liz Garten Scanlon. Mm-hmm. Pictures by Marla Frazee. It's a Caldecott winner, I believe. Okay. Um, so that's the award that is for pictures, I'd say. The text is also really good, which is one of the reasons I like it. I mean, certainly, I enjoy mm-hmm. reading like and developing some of those pieces with them. But like early on, when Charlie was really little, I would read this one to him, and I was like, oh, I hope there will be a day where he actually like grasps what the message is throughout it. Um, because it talks about, it takes you through like scenes and then ultimately it lands with like this family kind of scene and it's talking about, uh, what is it? Hope and peace and love and trust. All the world is all of us is like how one of the ending stanzas or mm-hmm. no stanzas. I think it's a deep. poem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I just, I, I like that message and it always kind of makes me tear up when I'm. Not always. That's that's exaggerating. <laughs> Sometimes Is it, it makes me tear up. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. it does. Um, yeah, and the kids, Lucy's starting to show a little bit of interest in some of it. So 
a little bit of the content of it and everything. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know the books, uh, that's, I, the, I think the books that kind of make me think of that, they're not quite as deep, but your illustrator person mm-hmm. that you like. Jessica Hish. Jessica Hish. And she has the Tomorrow I'll Be Brave and like Tomorrow I'll Be Kind. Mm-hmm. Um, those books have such nice messages in them and like they're, I feel like that's a little bit more towards the like quickly grasp it and the illustrations on it are beautiful, mm-hmm. but they have such a nice message and they're explaining so great about how to be a person and conduct yourself in the world and all that kind of stuff. And I feel the same way you're reading that book and it's like, I can't wait for, again, flashing forward to wanting her to be older. <laughs> like I can't wait till you're grasping some of this stuff and asking yeah. questions about it. You know? yeah. so, can't wait to have to read there. these peep, peep, peep books. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, I'm down with Boynton books forever. Those things are pure sugar. Okay? Yeah. I will, yeah. Tim has made this very clear. I will talk about the hippo's belly button as much time as I need to. Um, well, speaking of time, I think that's it for this podcast. Uh, ladies, what are your reflections on, on the podcast? What did you think of, of being a part of it? This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I, I think I stray towards trying to have the last word which is happening right now so sorry about that (laughs) do you want to say um try not to screw your kids up too bad you can do it no you have to it's your tagline you have to say it i feel like i'm gonna try to say what's my tag what's the tagline try not to skid your (laughs) (laughs) and that's how we're ending the podcast (laughs) third time's a charm louise Happy Mother's Day. Oh, my God. What is it? Try not to screw your kids up too bad. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh a wrap. Oh, my God. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe, and please leave a review of our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as Better Off Dad Pod. The Better Off Dad Pod would like to thank our kids and spouses who are responsible for this show, whether they like it or not. Our theme music was written and produced by David Paulette and is an adaptation of the song Alien by Zero to Infinity. Give them a listen on Spotify. Special thanks to Sam Painter and thanks to you, loyal listener of the Bod Pod. Until next time, remember, our kids are our future. Let's try not to screw them up too much.